you. So you can go and say, you know what? In those two hours, I know how much I'm spending. I've had complete calendar visibility, best air quality, best lighting, best sound, great environment, great art, wonderful coffee, all these things brought together with technology. That means I can really just flow. Welcome to Monday Mornings with Michelle, the new business podcast. Whether you're kicking off your day or kickstarting your business, Michelle is going to kick your ass into next week with the essential fours. Strategy, systems, support, and state of mind. Now, welcome to center stage, Michelle Nedelec. Hey there, peeps. This is Michelle Nedelec, and I am super glad that you're here with us today because I am here with my most amazing guest, Mo. Mo, thank you so much for being here with us. Michelle, it's lovely to be here. Thanks for inviting me to the show. Awesome. So give us the 5,000-foot view of who you are and what you love to do. Well, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur, but I wasn't an entrepreneur in the 1990s. I joke around because the syntax of entrepreneurship has changed so much over the years. I think when I started in, in business in the mid 90s, I think most people were, you were kind of businessmen somehow. And, uh, um, but I, I love kind of starting businesses, solving problems um, and finding kind of complex solutions to really um, easy, easy problems that need to be solved. Um, and at the moment I am leading a, a startup which is kind of growing really, really well um, in the workplace and FMB. Uh, space um, but I'm sure we'll dive into a lot of that but above all I, I'm, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur and, and I'm kind of very proud of that accolade um, it, it gets thrown a lot thrown around quite a bit um, and it's and I'm sure we'll talk about it even more but it's it's something something you wear with honor but far less glamorous <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> it's kind of like the purple heart you know it looks awesome but going there and getting it was a whole lot of work and a whole lot of <laughs> interpretation yeah. that's awesome so talk to me about your current business what are you what are you doing in kind of in business right now we we tongue-in-cheek um if, if if we met and met your audience in a very large elevator, I would say we're the love child of Starbucks and WeWork. Um, we believe um, the workplace is changing very, very quickly. It's a very exciting time, actually. It's kind of like workplace 3.0, whatever that means to be determined. Um, and we love coffee shops. And there's enormous use case for people who don't have a fixed space other than home to go to coffee shops for a variety of reasons. Um, but coffee shops today aren't really fit and having been designed from the ground up for you to do meaningful work in there. Um, so we are, we're kind of reinventing that vertical and, um, and starting in, in, in the States and trying to, trying to conquer the world again, in line with startup culture um, is, is, is to grow scale and solve this problem for as many people as possible. And to some extent, why we're doing it is this idea of kind of democratizing the workplace. Um, I, I personally believe that you don't have to work at Google or Microsoft or Twitter or these incredible companies that, by the way, I love and I look up to. You don't have to work there to be able to experience good workplace environment. Um, the normal civilian who works maybe out of a coffee shop um, or maybe a, a less advanced office environment or a less glitzy co-working should also get some of those benefits that come with these incredible buildings that have had hundreds of millions of dollars invested in them. 
Nice. I love it. And who doesn't like a good coffee shop? I mean, come on. <laughs> right. Well, and I think the companies that you mentioned have definitely opened up the workspace to redefine it. Because once upon a time, you know, eighties and nineties, it was like, oh shit, I don't have an office. So I'm just, I'm just going to work out of this coffee shop right here. Don't mind me. <laughs> you know, the advent of laptops made it a possibility to be able to, you know, socialize and get out of the house without having an office, but it was still a focus of embarrassment. Now that whole persona has changed and we love the, the communal aspect of, of coffee shops and communal workspaces. So talk to me about the psychology or your perspective of, you know, why people love them now, why they work so well, just that amor, an amor that we have with them. Well, that is such an intelligent point you raised in actual fact this idea of how we feel when we work out of a coffee shop, because we've done quite a bit of testing. And believe it or not, it's, it's almost so obvious. It would be, you know, it was like, well, how, why do you need to do testing for that? That's so obvious, but being data led, we did it anyway. This idea of guilt and shame, this feeling of less than like when I, when I, I work plenty of times out of a coffee shop and I've worked plenty of times out of co-working and I've often felt let, I'm the less successful version of someone who works at Google or, or works at you know Airbnb, whatever they are. Um, and because I'm at a coffee shop, because had I been more successful somehow, I might have been able to afford a, maybe a larger team. And what does that mean if I work in a coffee shop? Maybe I'm an individual, I'm somehow lonely, and I don't have an incredible space, and I don't have enough money to pay $10,000, $15,000 a month for real estate. It triggers all these things. And then you meet your kind of really successful uncle who's a doctor and he kind of says, go and get a real job because freelancing isn't real job. And then this snowball effect comes and you're actually mentally tired and all because you're working out of a coffee shop. And believe it or not, this happens, that this happened, the psychology happened. So we, we wanted, what we worked did about 10, 15 years ago, they legitimized if you don't have an office legitimized this kind of encumbrance of not having a lease and said, look, in fact, you don't want that. Um, let's have this flexibility. And bear in mind, they were in the first co-working. We just was there before them. But what they did is they captivated people like me that said, I'm now not any less legitimate because I work out of WeWork. In fact, I'm maybe an echelon above because I choose to work out of WeWork. It gave me choice. It gave me power. And we want to do something similar in that coffee shop market to say, in fact, you're much more powerful when you work out of Vell than you would out of almost any other space. Um, delegate that responsibility to us. And therefore, you have some badge value, you have some honor and some shame, and it come, all of those disappears and you kind of stand up tall and be part of some momentum and collective. It's that same experience that some landlords come and say, look, it's cool not to buy rent because renting is the new buying somehow. Um, so it's that philosophy, but it's, it's, it's ever present um, in, in people. Um, when, when they work out of coffee shops. Nice. Well, I personally, I love the energy of coffee shops. I do way too many podcasts to actually work out of one. <laughs> so it's like, can everybody just be quiet? I'm just going to do a podcast right here. <laughs> you know, that, that doesn't work so hot. But but I love the the new kind of revelation. And for those of you who can't see Mo's background right now, it is awesome. It's got three, and I'm going to say they're animal or they were cats, cats but the one feline. in the middle is not looking like feline all of a sudden um with their scuba masks on and their business attire 
and it's just a delightful array of artwork. So I can get a feel for the kind of atmosphere that you would create in a workspace. And I think that's important too, is because a lot of people that go out and rent spaces, it becomes, you know, four beige walls with a black phone and you're like, oh God, this is so depressing. I don't want to come here. Whereas your space is going to be beautiful. It's going to be full of art. It's going to be lively. It's going to have other people that are, you know, buzzing and you end up getting that creativity and Hey, these guys are being productive. I get to be productive. And I think that energy that you get to feed off of when you're in a workspace is fantastic in that like you you just don't get that entrepreneurial feeling of being alone anymore you don't and just but by the way if you want to record a podcast as well you can because we have these incredible kind of booths pods that you can go into and it's perfect thing space 55 decibels which means it's really ideal space for you to be able to record a podcast with perfect privacy um, so nice. that's the problem for at $5 an hour. I mean, it's incredible. Um, it's like, what? it's mouthwatering. Yeah, I know. Um, but put it, put it, I think you're right. We, you know, what we're trying to create here is tap into this, this momentum of creativity um, and really understanding how to, what, what layers do we have to remove? What friction do we have to remove for you to flow? What additives we have to bring in to help you flow? And it's this, you know, acceleration, deceleration. It's that balance that we're trying to find. And it's going to take us, you know, several iterations to get to this perfect model of what we think. And even then it's going to move. And that's just the journey of this, which is wonderful. But you talk about creativity. What we're thinking about even so much is what does air quality mean? Um, what, what, we don't want you to ever suffer from hay fever or any pathogens or any allergies when you are at Vell. We're investing in air quality so much so it says, well, what does surgical room air quality look like? And how can we bring that into retail without having to obviously overspend? And how can we measure it? How can we show you? And then what the same thing for lighting and all the other sensors and acoustics in a coffee shop setting accessible to everybody. So, so it's this idea of, you know, I remember when I lived at my parents' house, why did I love it so much? It was that because I delegated responsibility. I was somehow looked after and I flourished. And you, you feel nostalgic when you think, oh, I certainly do. You feel nostalgic when you think about it. And it's that same idea. We want that responsibility to be delegated to us when Michelle is working at a bell for a couple of hours. And we really take that quite seriously and invest in it, time and money and effort and experience, um, internal experience, to be able to provide that space for you. So you can go and say, you know what? In those two hours, I know how much I'm spending. I've had complete calendar visibility best air quality, best lighting, best sound, great environment, great art, wonderful coffee, all these things brought together with technology, that means I can really just flow, thrive, flourish, whatever the, 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 the adjective is in those, couple of, in those couple of hours. Nice, I love it. So walk us through one of your spaces and the, the advantages, some of the other things that you paid attention to. So coffee shops are open to, People, um, co-working is a membership-based program, which means you're not welcome, really not welcome, unless you become a member, right? You know, there's a day rate, but there's an encumbrance and it's friction. Um, so we really wanted to exhibit the same behaviors of a coffee shop, which means anyone can come in, you don't have to be a subscriber or a member, which is brilliant. You buy a coffee, food at the bar, you sit down in really incredible hardware, really incredible nice. stuff. I mean, we have seats that cost $5,000, $20,000 thing. So you're really sitting in, in the best ergonomics, best technology, best lighting. 
very much. However, you've done no more than travel within 15 minutes of where you live and you spend no more per hour than you do in a coffee shop, which is between eight and $14. So switching costs are very, very low. So, but at some point you want seats that are slightly more elevated than the other seats we have and you want reservation. So we have kind of privacy seats and nesting seats, which we'll, we'll rent by the hour. You can reserve this on the app. You can reserve it at a kiosk within Vell itself. And they give you this kind of slightly more sense of privacy and security. And it's, it's kind of a nesting seat. At some point, you want to record a pod or you have a Zoom interview, um, beg your pardon, a podcast, you have a Zoom interview. At that point, you go into a pod and those pods are state of the art. Really, it's, it is almost like um, if Tesla made a pod, what would it feel like? And it's made by a company called Framery out of Finland. And they're truly incredible. They sell um, thousands of these to, to big tech companies. So, and then those can be reserved. So, but and we say at some point, you need your power user, the same way as you may be a power user of Canva or LinkedIn or whatever other tech software there is. At that point, you can become a subscriber, pay us a monthly, monthly recurring fee. And for that, you get some enriched features because now you're using us maybe 10 hours a week, 12 hours a week, and not two hours a week or three hours a week. Um, so there's something there for everybody. Um, and that was important for us. And then wrapping it around with Wi-Fi, um, T1 secure Wi-Fi, what you're used to maybe in a major building in Silicon Valley, um, or New York, Miami, wherever that is, Wi-Fi that is much better than anyone in that customer demographic has ever been used to. Certainly what I'm used to, for instance, at my home, it's secure, it's dedicated. Um, and, you know, so, and then there are some softer things around it. You know, what does lighting mean, air quality? What happens if you're left-handed? for instance? How do we provide psychological safety? What does our menu mean? And how can we connect it to productivity? Um, you can see um, I'm enormously passionate about it and I can talk about it for hours, but there's nothing more um, exciting for us than building product at the moment. Nice. I love it. Well, and, and I love the idea of getting that visual of the space, because I know even as uh, when I was in doing sales, like just straight up sales, I didn't want to go back to the office. I loved working out of coffee shops. <laughs> it's just, right. I loved that atmosphere. And, and I love the idea of the shared workspace for people who, who just go to an office every day and it's their little, they've created their own little cubicle and those are kind of a little state of misery unto themselves. So I'm, I'm in love with this idea of being able to have a communal atmosphere, regardless of, um, you know, whether you have the permanent space or not. And I love it for entrepreneurs that don't really need a 5,000 square foot facility, but every once in a while they need somewhere where they can bring people in that's a little nicer than their, right now their house, <laughs> kids running around, the dogs running around, you know, right. being able to have that meeting space is fantastic. Right. No, that's exactly what we are. We complement. Um, we, you know, we, I, again, I joke around and say we're the GoPro of coffee shops. You know, the iPhone is fit for purpose in most settings. You go to a bar mitzvah, a wedding, your iPhone is going to be great, right? But get on your mountain bike or your skateboard or surfboard, whatever it is, you know, at that point, you need a specialized camera, you know, GoPro may be it for you. And again, at some point you need a specialized coffee shop because we're not, you know, we're not, we're designed that way and lots of other coffee shops aren't, but we're not a drive-through for instance. Um, and we're not going to have some of the really extensive food and menu uh, um, 
um, beverage items of a really independent, exotic, booty, craft coffee shop either, um, which means that we complement, which means that you could actually be a customer of all three. You could go to Starbucks for the drive-through. You could go to your independent because it's a Sunday and you want to uh, relax with a couple of friends, read a newspaper, have a really nice lunch or a snack or food, whatever it is, um, or really exotic specialty drink, for instance. But at some point, you want to open up your two, $3,000 laptop and you want to do work, you want to have a meeting, you want to be as productive as possible, that's when you go to Vell. Um, and that's how we've been designed. Nice. I love it. So talk to me about who, who, in your opinion, uses these facilities the most and who are you looking to attract right now into the business? You know, I, I come from a school of thought that says a beachhead is important. Um, startups, any business who starts new, uh, unless you've raised tens of millions of dollars, even then, I would say, go narrow for the start. Um, you have to have an evangelist base. Um, you have to make sure you, you've narrowed down a customer demographic and to market to them because time and money is limited. Customer acquisition is really expensive. So for us, we given that we complement the home, um, it's important to say, well, who works from home? Um, again, our spaces are smaller and they, they kind of heroize the individual rather than teams. Again, who works from home and works are real individuals, right? Um, and who is more likely to continue doing that rather than this, uh, maybe go back to work, et cetera, right? Not that we don't believe in remote work. I think remote is a major category. Distributed teams are major categories now and they're legitimate. They will stay to some degree for a very long time and real estate in itself will change. But our, our immediate customer demographic are people who are gonna work from home. So freelancers, designers, this kind of upwork culture, as well as people who are kind of um, working more kind of distributed teams and remote. Um, and we are, I think our core demographic is the 24 to 38 um, with, with, with a certain income profile, et cetera, et cetera. We have a very good, uh, psychographic demographic of our customer base but then there's a geo component i very rarely people commute to that coffee shop it just doesn't happen coffee shop is the third place it's supposed to be convenient um unlike the office for instance you do commute to the office i mean the, the national average of a commute to an office is 30 minutes um you would think it's more but it's around 30 minutes but people you know they maybe walk to the coffee shop or go five or 10 minutes to the coffee shop. So there's always going to be a geofence around us um, and we're going to focus on that, um, which just means having more of them. That's why Starbucks or you know these retailers, Dunkin' Donuts, Panera, have so many um, because there is that geo, geo dimension to it. Nice, I love it. So is your business model, is it franchises, chain? How are you set up? No, that's a really good question. It's too early for us to answer that, I think, um, in all honesty. However, we want to retain IP as long as possible. Um, and franchising has its benefits, which means hyperscale much faster. Uh, but at the same time, it comes, you have to compromise some, some angles of it. And we're not sure whether that's right for us at the moment. But I think we'll decide that down the line. So as long as we can retain control on product. Very cool. So where are you looking at locations right now? We are, um, we are start, we're in Savannah, um, which is very exciting. Really, really amazing town. Um, lots of vibrancy there. It's, it's like the perfect mix of, of intersection of lots of different things happening there. Um, Charlotte is next after that. We're looking at 
Charleston, Nashville, um, these kind of really interesting um, cities. Um, but we have some really great relationships, which is giving us a real dependable path of, path of growth. Um, um, so we, we, are, we, we could be somewhere near you very soon. <laughs> I love that. Well, and most of the entrepreneurs that I know are very nomadic. So the idea of being able to go and hunt down, even if they're starting in LA, go, oh, we're going to Savannah this week. We're going to go and check it out. And so I, I, I love the vibe of it. And, and I really do think that it could become the, the destination place to look, not just for the locals going yeah, half hour commutes, but internationally to go and, and see what it's like and have an experience of it. Because I think that's that's the whole reason for being a nomadic entrepreneur is you get to yeah. go and have these experiences. You're right. It's exactly right. Um, and I think that's here to stay. I think technology's dispersed us and centralized us. And I think that's a major support. And it's going only going to improve. Connectivity is only going to improve. VR, holograms, it just means we can be much more effective remote. Um, and even that connection that we're missing slightly, um, Zoom has its limitations or whatever whatever platform you're on has its limitations. Um, but I think soon enough, uh, certainly in, you know, in, in the next seven, seven, eight years, I think that gap will be bridged as well. Nice. So this is an asinine question for me, but it's probably totally normal for you is, do you have any plans of going meta? <laughs> well, you know, we, we talk, we think about it and we talk about it and what does, where, where does that veil responsibility stop um, and start? Um, so, it's too early for us to say. Um, what we're trying to focus on at the moment is space experience, mm -hmm. um, automation within space, customization within space. Um, it requires a tremendous amount of capital um, to be able to consider meta properly. Mm -hmm. um, so we, 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 will, we will definitely look at it down the line, but right now we're focusing on brick and mortar. Fair enough. It, it just, your... your... Um, unique qualities to me lends itself to now all of a sudden meta makes sense to me. I don't understand it right now. <laughs> Why would anybody do that? But in this kind of arena, I go, oh, okay, I could buy into that. Right. <laughs> kind right. of makes sense now. That's awesome. Mo, you've been absolutely fantastic. I have to ask you, at what point in life did you know that you were a special kind of crazy enough to think that you could become an entrepreneur? Well, it's a very difficult question. Um, in <laughs> fact, I'm in my when I was in my you know, single digits, I think, um, and you know, it's you just sometimes follow the yellow brick road. Um, but I mean, entrepreneurship is 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 for everyone and for very few. Um, I think it's got certain certain characteristics of entrepreneurship that appeals to a lot of people. But um, like I said, it's it's far less glamorous. It's much more marginal gain than home run <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. and therefore it requires enormous amount of tenacity and grit and longevity to get to your destination because these things take time and it's a lot of it is one foot in front of the other until you get there um, so and you know it's 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 an arduous road um, and often you are in smaller teams it's lonely and there's a lot of risk associated with it um, so being healthy and of mind and, and, and body is important. Um, but it's, it's, the, it's the new way. But it's been entrepreneurship has been around for, for a millennia. I mean, people have still been starting their own business for a very, very long time. Um, and 
its faces are changing. And today's entrepreneurship is much more structured. The safety net is there. The network effect is there. The frameworks are there. Um, so it's much more, it's much easier to know what not to do to fail or what to do to reduce risk. And these things exist and lots of really good um, colleges and universities and programs and incubators, accelerators are there that maybe weren't there in the 1990s or 1980s. Um, so if you, if it's the perfect time to be an entrepreneur in history. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> Absolutely. So do you have any um, funny stories of any of the follies or mistakes that you've made in business, but that you can now look back on and go, yeah, but it's pretty funny now. Well, I, I, I can't think of one right now. And that's, a, that's kind of a difficult question. But what I can <laughs> yes. say is that those moments are important. Um, mm. Remembering what went wrong and having a good sense of humor about it is, is important. And one thing that we, we do at Vell is this idea of what radical transparency means to us. Um, and that often comes with being able to access information when you want it, but being also honest and sincere about it and, and therefore accountability and then camaraderie gets built up about it. Um, so being, being serious but lighthearted is really, really important. And that not, that's not just remembering or kind of having a giggle about what went wrong, but really what we, what we often don't do well enough at Vell, I put my hand up, is celebrate our, get, our wins. Um, because we're moving at such high speed um, that we, we don't take long enough to say well done and enjoy it uh, with a team. And I think that's some, something that in, in a fast paced environment, everyone thinks about. Um, but it's a good time at the moment. We're happy, team morale is high and things are great. Nice, it sounds super exciting and I can't wait to hear more of it and keep those updates rolling. Mo, again, you've been fabulous. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it immensely. N nice sales pitch for the entrepreneur world. <laughs> oh yeah. Especially if you're in a community like this, peeps. You know, camaraderie and, and and bouncing ideas off of people makes business so much easier. So I am a huge advocate for spaces like yours because I think it makes an absolute difference to the psychology of entrepreneurs having the support that they need of a space that builds and where they understand entrepreneurs. So hats off to you. I love everything you're doing and keep up the good work. Any last words for our peeps? No, I've had fun. Thanks so much. Um, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing more of your shows, Michelle. Awesome. Peeps, this is Michelle Nedelec. Thank you for being here with us today. Be sure to subscribe to the show and share it with other entrepreneurs so that we can grow our community together with you. If you're looking to scale or automate your business, reach out to me at michelle at awarenessstrategies.com or connect with me on LinkedIn or Facebook. I'd love to hear from you. Thank you for listening to our show. I'm all about being a resource center for entrepreneurs to give them the information and the support that they need to make it in business. As such, the notes for this show can be found at our website at awarenessstrategies.com slash blog. Be sure to subscribe, give us a rating. I like five stars personally and share with your friends.